Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the great halls of USA Today, we assemble the newsroom's mightiest nerds. Brett Molina. I'm so sorry for the producer of this podcast. <laughs> Kelly Lawler. I will fight you on it. Brian Truitt. Spoiler town! <laughs> Together, they form the mothership. Their mission, to harness their collective encyclopedic knowledge of nerdiness in all its forms, to dissect every trailer, plot twist, and game released for the geekiest of fans. The Mothership, saving the universe from bad comic book adaptations every Friday. All aboard the Mothership, the Geek Culture Podcast from the USA Today Network. Thanks so much for joining us, and happy Friday, friends. Happy Friday! Happy Friday! <laughs> Let's meet the crew. I'm Brett Molina. I play video games, and what's getting me through this week is, well, The Office, because it's something I think I've talked about on here before, um, and I think the last time I talked about it, I was trying to binge The Office when it was going off Netflix, and then right around New Year's Eve... I saw this deal on iTunes where they had the full series for like $30 and I said, okay. And then of course I said, well, I already own this. I'll just binge it again because why not? And it's commercial free. So I've done that. And if from the first time I did it, if I, you know, for listeners that remember, I hadn't watched seasons eight and nine because I kind of dropped off with Steve Carell, with Steve Carell leaving. And I saw those first couple episodes after and I just wasn't into it. So I took the plunge again with seasons eight and nine and I I like season nine. I think season eight to me is kind of forgettable, and I really don't like James Spader. I do think that um, Ed Helms' character, Andy, is awful, and I think he, it, now that I've seen it again, I think he's officially the worst. I think the sitcom character I hate the most of all time. Like, he's just awful. You should talk to my boss, Gary Levin, who talks about that constantly. It's just like, oh, Ed Helms has a new show. You know, Ed Helms was the worst part of The Office literally have those conversations go <laughs> oh yeah he's i mean it's it's kind of it's weird though because he starts off being a jerk and then it looked like he kind of reforms himself but then he's back to being a jerk again and it's just really awful the last season and a half where it felt like they were trying to make him like michael but he's just it's different because when michael did stuff he felt like he was aloof and naive and when andy does it he just kind of looks like a dick and i can't stand it and i just Anytime something bad happened to that character, I was happy. So that was probably the only time I enjoyed him on screen. But um, yeah, that's what's gotten me through so far. I'm Brian Truitt. I watch movies and uh, was kind of getting me through this week. Now that we've gotten through the watch of all the seasons of Victorious um, with my daughter, which is a which I, yeah, I kid you not, is a better sitcom than The Office, which is not as trash as, the, as Friends, but isn't that good going on um now we now we're now we're watching sam and cat which is like the spinoff of victorious with ariana grande's kind of dippy character cat 
which it's it's like this kind of weird. It's 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 not as good as Victorious. There's a lot of '90s kind of ish nonsense to it, like the you know the kind of the dumb theme and you know the the hijinks and stuff. But there is a character named Goomer. Which is kind of like it, you know, if if you grew up in the eighties and know like char- like the sidekick characters like um, like uh, Boner, Boner from Growing Pains, and Urkel and things like that, he's kind of like that, but he's like an MMA fighter who's just dumb, but like kind of like lovably dumb. Um, so he is getting me through this week, not so much the show, but just every time he pops up because he is a joy. Okay. I have two things that I have to get off my chest. Cause I've watched this show too. Thanks to my kids. Oh, you have. Okay. I thought you were going to get on me for, for hating the office. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. For first off, I, did you seriously compare it to the office? Because, oh my God, victorious, victorious above the office. Okay, we gotta we gotta <laughs> we gotta have a different episode on this. And then the podcast ended because Brett jumped out of the computer and murdered Brian. Well, no, the British Office, one of the greatest comedies of all time. American Office, oh, that's my feeling about it. Well, I'm gonna save this energy for another episode. <laughs> um, but no, two things. First off, hot take. I know Ariana Grande though in Sam and Cat, a totally different person compared to who she is now. Totally. Like, unrecognizable almost. It's cr- it's so wild how different she is on the show versus, you know, who she is now. It's crazy. Um, well, what's, what's weird is kind of like, because, so, in you know, Victorious, the cat's really, you know, cat the cat character's interesting because it's like there's the cat, there's the cat character and the Robbie character who's like this weird dude with a puppet. And they both kind of have the, you know, the oddball sidekick component like together it's it's weird but like like you could see that ariana grande was like just a normal girl back then and now but like at, in the salmon cat it's like more affected if, you know it's a more affected kind of character and it's more akin to like what we know now is like ariana grande you can kind of pr- plot the plot the evolution of like ariana grande as a normal normal girl kind of to like you know, the the donut licking pop star that she kind of is now. <laughs> the other thing I will say that all about the donuts. Yeah, the other thing I will say that always cracks me up about these young kids sitcoms is that there are no parents around. I don't know if they're like out of town all the time or they're dead or <laughs> they. I think I Carly. I think I Carly. Her dad was in the military, or it was just like these kids just live by themselves, and it's just bizarre to me. I've always found that weird, but anyway. Well, and they don't care. Like, you know, in Disney sitcoms, they, like, care about being family-oriented and, like, towing a line and not being politically incorrect. Nickelodeon shows don't. They're just, like, they do not give a shit. All slime all the time. And, it, and I mean, yeah, but not, I mean, it's, like, you're not even the slime thing, but you're just, like, you know, some of it you watch, and you're, like, whoa, that's not politically correct at all. But, you know, it's, it's interesting to kind of watch that, you know, with a kid now. Kelly, save us because this is going to turn into like Nickelodeon hour. <laughs> well, it already has, but. Well, let me tell you about Hey Arnold. Speaking of politically incorrect children's shows. But yes, I'm Kelly Lawler. Um, I watch television. And uh, what's getting me through this week is uh, rewatching this really wonderful freeform show called Everything's Going to Be Okay. Um, it's coming back for second season 
it debuted last night. Um, you're hearing this on Friday. Uh, it's this really, really sweet show. Not very much like anything else on Freeform. Um, it's about this uh, like 20-something Australian guy who uh, ends up having to become guardian to his two uh, American half-sisters. He moves to Los Angeles to be their guardian after their uh, father dies. Um, and one of the sisters has autism. Um, and it's it's by this uh, guy named Josh Thomas, who's a really, really good um, Australian comedian and TV writer. And he did a um, Australian show that a lot of people love called Please Like Me. And it's just a very, very sweet, very funny show. Like one of those like shows that you don't expect to be that funny because it's a very family-oriented sitcom, but it is a high joke density kind of show. And it was really lovely to revisit it. Um, and in their second season, they include the pandemic, which I like wasn't sure about. But then it ends up just being like um, they cast Richard Kind and Maria Bamford as the parents of one of the daughter's girlfriends. And so they're just like having socially distant mojito parties in the driveway while like the two girls are like having their socially distanced dates and like Marie Bamford and Richard Kind are just getting drunk and like being like really inappropriate and like this 20 something guy and his boyfriend are like trying to be like, oh, we're parents. It's just very it didn't feel as stressful as a lot of COVID entertainment feels right now. I wrote a story about it, which is why I was revisiting it. And um, uh, I highly recommend it's on Hulu if you don't, you know, watch live TV. Well, that already sounds way better than Sam and Cat. So there you go. <laughs> That's not a high bar, dude. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if this is your first time listening to us, welcome. New episodes of The Mothership drop every Friday and you can subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you like to listen. While you're on Apple Podcasts, it would be awesome if you could write a quick review about the show. By doing that, you help other fans who love nerdy pop culture find us. And as a special bonus, we give you a shout out at, on our next episode. So try it out. Tell us what you want to see from the show moving forward. It is all upside for you. Don't forget, along with leaving a review, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. We're at Mothership Pod. Or you can email MothershipPod at USAToday.com. On to the main topic. Here's the clip. You don't know everything about me. I've lived a lot of lives before I was an Avenger, before I got this family. I made mistakes choosing between what the world wants you to be. We have to go back to where it all started. Where did you think I was all this time? We have unfinished business. That was from Black Widow, which is out July 9th on Disney Plus, and yes, actual movie theaters. Do you remember those? Do they sound familiar still? That's what we're going to talk about today, the summer movie season, and how comfortable we're going to feel going to the theater again once it's safe to go to the theater again. Um, of course, on top of that, we're also going to talk about some of the movies that we're kind of looking forward to this summer. Um, there are still some coming out, obviously. So but let's start here, though, Brian. Um, as far as the movie theater experience, um, how eager are you to get back there? I'm ready. So so I for the longest time... Um, I, I didn't really care. I, I, I like I don't really care where I see a movie. If I see a movie on my laptop, if I see a movie on my TV, if I see a movie on a 
on a movie screen. You know, it's story's a story. I mean, a good movie is a good movie, bad movie is a bad movie. I, you know, it, it, what I've never, you know, I can count on like maybe two hands. You know, since I was a kid, the the movies that I really needed to see in a theater. Um, I'm not, I'm not that big of, of like a theater g- g- you know nerd or anything. Um, but after a year of like watching you know streaming movies and things like that. And now that I got vaxxed, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. You know, <laughs> you know, put me put me in, coach. Um, you know, I feel like I feel like a lot of people are getting to that point where, you know, more and more people are, are, are vaccinated. You know, it, it, it's not. It's going to be a limited capacity for for a while. It's still going to be like 25, 50 percent, 50 percent, maybe at the most by like May or June. Um, but you know, we're going to have big movies. We're going to. I mean, F nine. I got to see F nine in the theater. You know, I could see it on a laptop too, but I'd rather see it in the theater now that I'm vaxxed. You know, we have um, Candyman coming. Uh, there's so much, so much is coming, and I, I think that I'm ready for. And I think there's going to, you know, we we have things like Cruella and Black Widow, which are going to be Disney Plus and. And theaters, so you know, I'll probably I'll probably go see Black Widow in the theater. Well, I just might watch on you know on on my laptop or something. Um, but it's cool that we're going to have that Disney, especially and Warner Brothers too, is going to give us a chance. You know, everybody a chance. Like if you feel good, you want to go to the theater, cool. You know, Suicide Squad's there, Conjuring's there, Space Jam's there. If if you're not feeling good or you know you don't want to take your kids to it because they haven't been vaccinated yet and you you know you're a little freaked out by that still you know it's for Disney it's like an extra thirty bucks HBO Max it's it's on you know it's gratis um, but they're they're finally after a year letting people you know have have movies on their own terms wherever they want to see them which you know. It only, it, it, that should have happened like six months ago in terms of some of these big movies. But we're finally here. People are vaccinated. You know, I, I think we're going to have a summer movie season, you know, for the first time in over a year. So I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Kelly, what about you? Are you excited to get back to the movie theater? I am. I, although I feel like my actual emotions about all of this stuff, like, change completely day to day. You know, I think... It, as everyone has been living this like weird fluctuating life where like the guidelines change and your personal situation changes. So, you know, I, I'm feeling relatively confident by the time that, you know, it's pretty safe. I'm going to be ready, but I am one of those people who's like, I, I'm feel like my reentry into the world is going to be tough. And I know that's probably going to be tough for a lot of people considering what we've all just been through and are continuing to go through. But I'm, I'm also excited that, uh, not only, are, you know, theater's going to be available and hopefully safe, but just that a lot of these movies that got put, um, like, you know, just t- taken off the schedule and continuously uh, delayed and whatnot are going to finally come out. Like, In the Heights, for instance, I really, really can't wait to see that movie. It's based on a musical that I love um, with a lot of stars that I really love. And, you know, that's one of those things where, like, if we're not in a position to go to a theater when it comes out, I'm like, very, very glad it's going to be on HBO Max because I want to see it as soon as it's available. So that's, I think, just a good thing. You know, I was thinking as, like, people were actually talking about Godzilla versus Kong in the lead-up to the weekend and how, you know, the big difference between the movie, like, the theater movies and all the streamers that have come out over the past year is just, like, you know, they just need to put a little more money in this marketing machine. I just, you know, there was a possibility for even though 
people did go to the theaters to see Godzilla vs. Kong in much bigger numbers than we've seen in a while, a lot of people didn't. And it still became part of the zeitgeist. And I think I really missed that. I really missed having something that everybody had heard of. And whether or not they were going to see it or streaming it or not, it was a slightly more shared experience than pop culture has been for a while. Yeah, we've had too many TV shows that have taken over, like, that, that place. It's about time for movies to, you know, to own it again. I'm conflicted because I am looking forward to going to the theater, but I also am not in a rush either. And I feel like my bar for what movies I'm willing to go see in the theater is a little higher now in light of everything. Um, and, you know, obviously some of that is pandemic related, but some of it, too, is just... You know, I think the the bar of movie that I'm willing to spend the money on to go to the theater is a lot higher than it used to be. I think some movies I would have just wanted the theater experience and I was fine with it. But I think now, like the Marvel stuff, I would definitely still go see in the theater. But, you know, like a Godzilla vs. Kong, I'll just wait for it to come out on a streaming service at some point. You know, I, I just... I think the pro, you know, I just think the the bar is higher. Plus, two, if you have a you know a really nice TV at home, I mean, it's it's still it you know. I think the thing that I miss about the theaters is kind of the shared experience with other people, especially certain movies. Like, you know, there was that viral clip of Endgame that was out where everyone was cheering and stuff at the end of the movie when all the heroes came back, and um, so that part of it's really entertaining. But beyond that, it's just you know, if you have a really nice TV at home and you know, it's a really comfortable place to be. I just don't like, I don't feel like I'm in a big hurry to be back in the theater, honestly. Well, Hollywood needs to have these conversations within itself because you know what it was, what the problem was before the pandemic happened. Cause we've, we'd been on this road for a while is, you know, most of the theatrical, you know, box office is taken up by a small amount of theatrical releases. There's a whole bunch of like medium to, to, you know, lower budget things that would have done better probably in a VOD or streaming situation than they would have in, you know, in a theater, you know, a lot of Oscar movies, um, like they make like $5 million, $6 million, you know, okay. They made 5 million or $6 million, but they might've, they might've gotten had more traction had they been on Netflix and came out and like like everything trends from Netflix you know once a movie comes out they probably would have gotten more word of mouth that way rather than getting stuck in a theater right next to Avengers Endgame and getting totally forgotten about um, so I think I feel like Hollywood needs to have come to have a come Jesus meeting with itself and the studios been like okay well not everything needs to go into a theater let's figure out you know let's say 30, 25-30% of things that do need to go in a theater that are going to be bringing in audiences and then let's reconsider the other 75%. Maybe some of them go to a theater, but maybe some go to Netflix or Hulu or, you know, or Apple TV or something else where, you know, they might not, they might not be a theatrical hit, but at least they can probably find an audience online. Yeah, I'm just kind of hoping the hybrid model doesn't go away. I know that theaters are you know, furiously against it, obviously. And from a financial standpoint, it makes sense. Um, but I do like the, the idea of the, of the choice of like, you know, maybe it doesn't, it's not the HBO max thing where it's just free if you already subscribe, but it's going to be more like the Disney where you have to pay 30 bucks to watch it at home. But I mean, even before there was the pandemic, sometimes you just don't want to leave your house. And um, 
I think it would get movies in front of more eyes. Um, I think as a society, we, before the pandemic, had a really high bar for what movies people saw in theaters. And I think the bar is going to get higher, as Brett said. So um, I think there is an opportunity not just for like what we would call a Netflix movie, but for some of these movies to find hybrid models that don't feel weird. I wouldn't mind them experimenting with the release windows when a movie's in theaters and then when it ends up online where maybe it's in the middle where they don't, you know, maybe you don't see stuff that's VO'd that's like streaming and in theaters the same day, but maybe it's out in theaters and then in a month it's available to stream. So it's like the window for waiting is a lot shorter. Or if honestly, it's a movie that doesn't do great in the box office. I mean, then what's the harm of just being, well, okay, here it is. Like, you know, people aren't going to the theater to see it anyway, and you want to get more people to see it. So why not just put it out on streaming now so people who were reluctant to go to the theater can just see it right away? Um, I wouldn't mind just seeing more of that kind of experimentation. And they've proven that they can that they can be that flexible too. So, and I don't think that's going to go away. I think you know, right now Universal's got a thing where it goes in the theater, but if it doesn't make, I think fifty thousand dollars or fifty million dollars in the first three weeks, then it goes to VOD. I think that that is going to be more norm than than not. I think you might still have a hybrid model with something like Disney, where. You know, I think we're, let's say in a year, a Marvel movie ends up in a theater for sure. But maybe something along the lines of a Corella does the hybrid and theater thing where it's something that like it might not be as like a might not be a blockbuster, might, but it might also appeal to families. And then you have you'll have I, for, for sure there'll be a smaller window from now on. You, you'll never see, I don't think, the two and a half month, mu- two to three month window that it used to be. It will now be like you know, two to four weeks, probably, you know, it, it, and I think you'll see a lot of that, that um, flexibility in terms of if, a, if, a, if, a, if it's performing in the theater, awesome, it might stay there. If not, it's getting yanked and putting on, putting on like, you know, Voodoo and Fandango now. I totally think that's going to be the case for most studios going forward. So as far as um, stuff we want to see in theaters, um, you know, uh, Kelly mentioned in the Heights, are there other movies that we're looking forward to? Top Gun! <laughs> Of course. Top Gun, for sure. Top Gun, for sure. Uh, F9, for sure. And I, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Suicide Squad in a theater, too. But if I, just, if, if I just see it on HBO Max, that's fine, too. Kelly, are there any other movies you're looking forward to? Um, I'm looking forward to Black Widow. I uh, also am looking forward to uh, F9. Um, but, I mean, I'm just looking forward to, you know, more new movies. I got to say, I can't remember all of them that are coming out because the schedule has changed 5,000 times in the past year. Um, but it is, it's exciting. Even if I'm watching them at home, it is a little bit more like normal just to have more movies available for people to see. So I'm definitely Top Gun for me, definitely Black Widow for me. I'm going to throw in Mortal Kombat as well, just because it mm. looks so ridiculous. I, that's what I love about it. They've embraced how... Just batshit crazy the game is, and they've tra- tried to bring that into the movie. That's what I'm excited about. I know it's going to be a bad movie, but it's one of those good bad movies. It's not like it's just awful. It's going to be. It feels like a good bad movie, which I'm very much looking forward to. And I honestly wouldn't mind seeing it in theater. So yeah, I think I th- people 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 will go see that. I think. Um, yeah, I think Black Widow is going to be. I think Black Widow will will do well both online and and in theaters. 
Um, old new M. Night Shyamalan movie. I think that, that's going to be kind of cool, too. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, Green Knight. Green Knight I kind of kind of dig. Um, Free Guy. I think it'll be interesting, too, you know, when the Respect comes out August 13th. That might be a, you know, that's going to be kind of maybe the first Oscar-ready movie that we'll see in the theater for a while. So that'll be, it'll be interesting to see. And it's got Jennifer Hudson in it about Aretha Franklin. There's a lot of interest. So I think that might be your first, you know, non-quote-unquote blockbuster that kind of really does well in a theater. Okay, listeners, it's your turn. What movies are you looking forward to this summer? How eager are you to get back to the theater? Let's talk about it on Twitter. You can find us at Mothership Pod, or you can tweet at us individually. I'm at BrettMolina23. I'm at Brian Truitt. And I'm at KLALS, K-L-A-W-L-S. And don't forget, you can email us too. We're at MothershipPod at USAToday.com. But we're going to wrap things up here. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, if you like the podcast and don't want to miss an episode moving forward, you can subscribe to The Mothership for free on Apple Podcasts. While you're there, how about leaving us a rating or a review? It helps other people find the show, and we get some awesome feedback. It is greatly appreciated. If Apple Podcasts isn't your jam, you can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. Until next week, nerds out. Later. Bye.